somebody. Can we put our hands together for a Vision Sunday? Come on, let's, just, let's give our hands to Jesus today. God, we thank you that you're in this place. I'm so excited to bring God's word today. I'm so excited to see this group, this great group in church today. We got a full house on Vision Sunday. And I want to echo just a little bit of what Pastor Troy said. We got our groups launching. I think it's 22 groups that we've got starting this fall. And so we're excited about that. I also want to let you know our next steps, which we run pretty much every week of the year, we're taking today off so we can just barbecue it and do it up. And, and, and I, here's the thing on Vision Sunday. I'm going to talk about some of what God has put in our hearts as the leadership for this house. But would you join me in this kind of posture today of just leaning in to God's heart? Just what God would have for you today, what God would have for us. I'm honestly standing up here today. I'm going to deliver vision. My heart today is still before God saying, God, speak to my heart. Like, I'm ready for more. I'm ready for God to even speak to me this morning as we dive into God's word and, and we just go and see what God would have for us. Now, I want to, this, this is the one day a year. We just take a giant step back and we say, God, where are you leading us? And so here's where, here's where we're going just even the next couple weeks. Next week, we're starting a brand new message series called Asking for a Friend. You've heard of that expression, asking for a friend. It's when you've got a question that you don't really want to, you don't want to ask because you don't want to look like the person that doesn't know the answer or maybe it's a bit of an embarrassing question or a difficult question. And so in this series, what we're going to be doing is taking questions that you might not feel comfortable asking and diving into answering those questions together from God's word. And next week's an important week. Actually, right off the top, we're dealing with a question that I think is just so important right now. And it's the question, what do I do if I'm depressed? Or what do I do if someone around me is going through depression? Because it just seems like right now we can't even go through a week without the news media uh, letting us know of another person whose life looked fantastic on the outside. Like an Instagram celebrity this past week, followed by thousands of people because her life looked so great. Another one added to the list of too many people lately who looked like they had everything together on the outside, but on the inside was a level of pain that nobody saw. So we're going to go there next week, and we're gonna, that's where we're going in this series. And, and, and this, this fall, I hope it's going to be a helpful series for you. And then in five weeks' time, we're going to flip the script, because we say all the time around here, we want to be a church that shows up in both the pain and the party. Like, we want to do both really well. If you're going through pain today, you're in the right place because the presence of God is in this place to meet with you, to give you a hug, right? The Holy Spirit is our comforter, right? Sometimes you just, you just need to get into the presence of God and, and just enjoy uh, his comfort when you're going through pain. We also want to show up in the party. We want to, like, in, in five weeks, we're going to flip the script and we're really going to ask the question, how much fun can we have in church? And we're going to do our first ever at the movies series. Four weeks where we're unpacking Hollywood hit movies in the context of how can we apply some of these themes and think questions that our, our culture has and apply them to our lives. And why am I letting you know not about just the next series, but like the one after that? Here's why. That's a series for people that are close to you, but far from God. And I want you thinking about them every single week as we lead up in these five weeks. Who could I be inviting? Who could I be thinking about hanging out with over the next five weeks that I could have an opportunity to invite them to church? And so it's going to be a great fall. Amen. This morning, I want to speak a message called Making Room. Making Room. Now, how many of you be willing to admit, uh, when it comes to your phone, you've never gotten a room? 
Like you are the person that you just max out on your phone all the time. You can't take a photo without getting that, that message that says, you, like you couldn't take a photo without deleting a photo. How many see, let me see how many, how many, you, you honest, honestly, yeah, Ivan, I see that hand. Yes, Rachel, Rachel down front, right down. If you're a pastor's wife, apparently, no space on the phone. Gia right there, I see that hand. I'm just like an auctioneer. Yes, yes, $500 right there for Brighton. He'd say amen. You just like, you just, you, you like living on the edge. I mean, you think the people that have space on their phone, it's like live a little, right? Like just come on, live life on the edge, have a little fun, fill it up. Come on, somebody, right? Now, on the, we love you no storage people. <laughs> on the other side, is a fly or is that an ant? What am I going to do with this? Let's take a vote. Let's take a vote. Should the, should the, should the insect live? Let me see your hands. Oh, Troy tried to, it's on its back now, bro. It's right there. I think you murdered it. It's right there. Get the tape. That's what my kids scream when there's an ant running through our house. I don't want to tell you what we do with them. You can imagine. If they're screaming, get the tape. You figure it out. Who are we talking about? No storage, people. But on the other hand, there's cloud guy. Cloud guy or cloud girl, there's always one in a group. You know, when someone can't, when, when someone's reaching, the, the friend with the longest arm is getting ready to take the selfie and that thing comes up, there's not enough available storage to take this picture, whatever it says. You know, I've even got friends, like I've got no storage friends that have found workarounds to the no storage problem. I got this one friend, they were telling me, you know, when your phone says that you can't take another picture, if you go into Instagram and take the picture and save it, you can work around the limitations of your phone. Come on, somebody, there are some people that like live in on the edge, but cloud guy, no. Cloud guy. There's always one in a group. When someone can't take a photo, cloud guy, uninvited. Cloud guy is always uninvited to the party. Cloud guy will just say, don't you know how much you could store in the cloud? And everybody's just like, come on, cloud guy. We don't need you at this party right now. Come on. How many are cloud guy or cloud girl? Let me see your hands. You're like, don't you know what you can do in the cloud? <laughs> uninvited right here in the front. Sam letting us know honestly. Here's the tie-in to today. I don't know what you came in today feeling like. Maybe you came in feeling full. Maybe you came in feeling like your life is bordering on empty. Here's what we believe in this place on Vision Sunday, that God's got more for you. And sometimes the only limiting factor is your ability to make a little bit more room for God. The Bible's actually got numerous stories where God is moving in powerful ways, and the only limiting factor is the amount of room that people are making. There's the story of of jars being filled until there's no more jars. There's the story of bread being multiplied until there's nobody left to eat. So I don't know where you're at today, but today in this message, my hope, my prayer would be that we would begin to make a little bit more room in our lives and in our church for God. Because we got people sitting on the we got people sitting on the stairs this morning. I don't even know if this is safe. Like church is no longer safe. We got people sitting on the stairs. Glory to God. Let's go to Mark's gospel this morning. Mark chapter two. Mark is I love the gospel of Mark. I don't know if you're Bible people or you're new to church. Mark's gospel is fun. Mark is like the. He's the Jerry Bruckheimer of gospel writers. He is like, like Matthew kind of starts with, um, you know, with genealogy and Luke genealogy and the birth of Christ. And those things are important. But Mark is just like, come on, let's get to the ministry. Let's cut to the chase. Let's get to the action. Let's go. Mark chapter 2. Mark, it's just chapter 2 and Mark's going. Listen to this. Mark says, and when he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came. 
So picture the scene. There's a, a house where Jesus is ministering. And there are, it's already full. But more and more people keep showing up trying to get into where Jesus is. It's standing room only. And I love this picture. I think this should be a picture of church. I think any room where Jesus is should be a full room that's standing room only. And on Vision Sunday, the very first thing I want to celebrate together with you is that this is a full room, that God is doing something among us, and we don't want to take an ounce of credit for even a moment. Listen, I'm so thankful that we have teams that are, uh, we've got amazing teams that, uh, that make people feel welcomed, make people feel at home, that I, I just love this about our teams. I hear it repeatedly that, that someone will come new and they'll say, man, someone just took enough time to look me in the whites of the eyes and actually see how I was doing. I pray that that was your experience today and the first time you showed up and it continues to be your experience through the life and ministry of this church. But come on, church, let's, 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 let's acknowledge the fact this morning that the only reason this room is full is because Jesus is in this room. And when the story of Resonate Church gets written, I pray that what gets written down is I met God there and Jesus was in that room. That is the heartbeat and ministry of this house. We will serve with excellence so that you can come into a distraction-free environment and worship God. Like, worship today, man, I don't even know. I told Troy this morning, if it got any better, we'd have to, like, pull it back a little bit because I'd just be too distracted. Like, that is so great. How great were they this morning, right? It was, it was awesome. We want to make things great. We got, like, we got a lighting wall, but we understand that like, our heart is not to be a distract. We just want to be a distraction-free environment. But understand the only point of worship is not how good they did or not how it sounds like in here. It's not even how good I preach. The only vision and heartbeat of this house is that Jesus is in this room and we lay our lives on the line that we would see Jesus move in this place. That's everything to us, that we meet Jesus in this place. So here's the scene. The, 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 the place is full and, and more people are, are trying to fit in. And then we get to verse number three. It says, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Here's the scene. You've got Jesus in his hometown. And that's important. Capernaum is the hometown of Jesus along the Sea of Galilee. And it's, he's back home. Why does that matter? This isn't some new town with new people that are coming around just to see, check out who Jesus is. These are people who know who Jesus is. They've seen Jesus before. They have known and experienced that Jesus is awesome and the ministry is great. And they've seen miracles and they've heard the message and they've watched from the very beginning. So we understand that these are people that are returning again to see Jesus. And of this group, we see several different types of people. We see some who are returning to see Jesus again, and they're on their own. And then there are this group of men who are coming back to see Jesus again, but they're not coming alone. They're bringing somebody with them. It's the same in church today. There are people who show up to church because you've seen Jesus before and you've encountered his presence before and you say, Jesus is awesome. I want to get around Jesus again. But unfortunately, church can become a spectator sport where we say the only reason I'm going is because Jesus is awesome and I need a little bit of that for myself. But then you've got guys like this. They're showing up and they're bringing somebody with them. They decide they don't just like Jesus. They want to be like Jesus. Come on, I'm going to preach on Vision Sunday. Can I ask you a question? Are you here because you like Jesus or because you want to be like Jesus? They show up and they bring somebody with them that's not going to get there without a little bit of help. That's the vision of our church. 
We exist not for ourselves. We exist not for what goes on within these walls. We exist for the people who aren't going to get here without a little bit of help. So I want to let you know the first announcement of Vision Sunday is that the end of November, the last 15 days of November, as a church, we are going to be serving the homeless of our city breakfast and dinner every day for the last 15 days in November. And if you sign up for a small group today, you might, not, you might even, not even know this, but a lot of our small group leaders have already signed up your groups to serve on both a breakfast or a dinner. Some of our small group leaders, if you weren't at our small group party on Friday night, you're like, I don't even know what that's about. You'll, we'll, we'll let you know. We got details galore coming. But I just want to let you know that Matthew 25 says one day you're going to stand before God and God's going to say, when I was hungry, did you feed me? And we're going to get to stand before God and say, yep. Thanks for the opportunity that we could make a difference in our city. Come on, come on, somebody. How many are thankful that we don't exist for ourselves, we exist for those beyond these walls this morning? Are you with me on Vision Sunday? And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. I love the way the NIV puts it. They say, some men came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four of them, some men. As you look down through history, anytime you see God moving, there's always some men, some women, who are willing to play a major part but not have their name attached to it. There's always people who are willing to be heroes in the story, but they're not doing it for a title, they're not doing it for a position, they're doing it for a purpose, that only one name would be made famous. It's the name of Jesus. Some men, some women. Is there anyone in the place this morning, you'd say, I'm willing to be some men, some women. This, this summer, we had more than 115 people serving on our dream team in some capacity. And, and you probably don't know many of their names, and that's great. I love that, that we aren't serving for a title, that we're not serving for a position, that we're not serving for recognition. I saw a clip this week of Billy Graham, the Reverend Billy Graham, who passed away this year, one of the most influential people who've ever followed Jesus, and he said, I live for this one thing, that one day I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I could stand before God, and he'd say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in, let the eternal party begin. Enter into your master's happiness. Man, that's what we're here for. That our names wouldn't be attached to it, that we wouldn't need the recognition, that we're here for something beyond ourselves. Some men, some women, they showed up and they carried somebody with them. You know what's interesting is that they probably could have made it to this, to this party. Now Jesus is back. They probably could have made it if they hadn't had to carry this guy. These are some proactive people. If they had left w without having the inconvenience of needing to go and get somebody else and show up, they probably would have made it on time. They had to walk the pace of four people walking one. They could have been in the room, but because they made, they made God's priority, their priority, they didn't just like Jesus, they wanted to be like Jesus. It's because they stepped out to do something for God that they showed up late to the party. How many know when you step out to do something for God, sometimes you're going to encounter an obstacle that you might not have even encountered if you had just been living your life? We've heard this message lately from Pastor Troy from Bailey a couple weeks ago on our Five for Five. Man, she was, she was just on point. She was like, if God wanted this to be easy, he wouldn't, in Ephesians 6, have been talking about spiritual armor. And Pastor Troy, Pastor Troy gets up 
last week, and he said, man, we left everything in Kelowna, and we left jobs, and we left a home, and we left family, and we moved down here. We thought we'd done so much for God, and I was like, God, why is it difficult that we've done all this for you, and we get to this difficult place, and God challenges his heart and says, you think you've done something for me? No, I gave you an opportunity to step into living your best life, a life where my name is the, most, the best thing in your, in your life, and you're living for a life that echoes beyond you. Come on, somebody, it's Vision Sunday. Reading on in verse number four. They could not get near him because of the crowd. So they removed the roof above him. So these guys, they hit the obstacle. They're doing what God wants them to do and they find out that they still hit an obstacle. We know they're doing what God wants them to do. The story is celebrated in the Bible. So we can be relatively assured these guys are doing something God wanted them to do. Nevertheless, Doing what God wants them to do, they show up and there's no way to get the job done. Seemingly no way to get the job done. Because of the crowd, they removed the roof above Jesus. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Have you ever been praying for a miracle in your life and it felt close and impossible at the same time? Like they are just a few feet from Jesus. They are a few feet from their miracle and yet it seems impossible. This was us as a church in February. Like our leadership group, we, we turned one as a church in, in February. We celebrated our, our one year anniversary. We had a dream team party. We had a great time. Actually, we had to cancel the party because it was like the massive slow, snowstorm. So we had that a little later. But, but uh, on February 26th, uh, 2017 was launch Sunday, and so we celebrated one year this last February. And so we got together as a leadership group at the end of the month, and we said, what's going to be the big priority for this year? What's going what's to be the overarching goal that we're pushing towards as a church together? And we began to pray together and, and, and think about what it would be. And, and we felt like God put on our hearts that we would launch a second service on our second birthday. That that would be the big goal that we would carry out to our teams. That we would let our, our dream team know, hey guys, here's where we're going over the next 12 months. We're believing we're going to start another service uh, at the end of February 2019. Now, that was a miracle that seemed close and impossible at the same time. Here's why it felt close. As a leadership group, even in my own heart, as a pastor, I felt God doing something in me, like, deeper than I'd ever felt before. God was working on my heart in massive ways in February. In fact, I would say this year has been perhaps the greatest year of spiritual growth I've experienced in my life to this point. And so I could see God in expanding the capacity of my heart, expanding the vision, expanding the dream, expanding my faith. I could see God doing it, and I could see it happening amongst our leadership group. And so we had this faith that a miracle was going to happen. Nevertheless, it seemed impossible, and here's why. In February, this room was half full, and it wasn't honestly growing. If you go back and you were to look at our metrics in February from month to month, we weren't growing. And so there we were. We've got this great faith, like God's going to be able to do something fantastic. And we're going to roll out this vision to our team. And we're going to tell them, we're going to, you ever just talk to you, you know, I don't know if you, you know, leadership, you got you to be out in front. You got to have faith for something. You ever feel like crazy putting out a vision? I'm like, why are we talking about this if we're not growing? It seems close and it seems far and impossible at the very same time. So here's what we did. We decided, well, what would be all the things that would need to happen for us to be able to get there? And so we sat together in, in our kitchen. And we wrote down about 50 things uh, on paper on the wall that we thought would need to happen if we were going to start a second service on our second birthday. And some of those big things were like, well, we need to double the size of our dream team. And we need to have twice as many small groups. And we need to have more finances because we'd have to rent the building for longer. And all these things we, we wrote down. And, 
And so we started to plan out, I had our leaders map out, okay, well, if that's your responsibility, why don't you map out all the different various points you'd have to hit so that we could get there in a year, but then something happened. From the middle of June until the end of July, a time where churches typically shrink in attendance, we saw six straight weeks of attendance growth. In fact, from the middle of June until the end of July, our church grew by 88 people. Yeah, you can give God some praise. And so we took a step back as a leadership group and we said, okay, well, we've got this great plan for what God's going to do in the new year and how we're going to have enough team ready to carry this thing out in the new year and we're going to have enough small groups. But all of a sudden, God's doing this, this thing and it, it felt like, what are we even going to do? How are we going to do this? So on, on Vision Sunday, I want to let you know that five weeks from now on our At The Movies series, we're going to be making room for God to move. For that series, we are going to be moving to two services, 9.30 a.m. for those of you that like to get up early, and 11.15 a.m. for those of you who are like, I can't even get here at 10. Can you give me a later time? Come on, somebody. On October 14th, we're adding another service. At this point, our our plan is to only launch it for that series because our teams, quite honestly, uh, are going to need to grow for us to be able to get to that place, which is actually why I like Uh, highlighting one other thing in this story, is that there were four men that brought this guy to Jesus. Four is a great number for carrying somebody. I see some strong guys in the room. Trevor, you're strong. Troy, flexing in the front row. Don't feel like I'm judging you if I'm overlooking you. It's just that you're not strong enough for me to acknowledge publicly. One strong person could actually carry another individual. Two people can carry another person. Three, now you're talking. But four is the ideal number. I wonder if one had been carrying if they'd made it. I wonder if two had been carrying if they would have turned back. I wonder if it had just been three, whether they would have gone most of the way and said, you know what, we're just not going to make it today. But they had four. Come on, every one of us wants to live a life that goes beyond our own selves. Every one of us wants to live a life that impacts this world. And when one becomes two and two becomes three and then three becomes four, we realize we don't have to feel that overwhelming sense that I can't make a difference on my own. No, come on, there's something about a team. There's something about a community. There's something about being gathered together with the right number of people to get the job done. Now, I want to let you know that our teams, whether it's two, three, one, or four, we are going to make two services happen on October 15th. But I want to let you know, you might be the one to take it from two to three. You might be the one to take it from three to four. You might be the one that just makes it the right number because there's a call on your life. And so I want to let you know, next step, step number one is happening next week. Glory to God. It's a little bit of a promo here. And if you do next steps in February, do you know your first Sunday on team could be October the 14th as we add a second service. How many in the room are ready to cut a hole in a roof to make room for what God wants to do? How many are ready to say, I'm going to get up early to make room for God to move? Come on. All my life I've been in church praying, God, would you move? And do you know what? Right now, all we have to do to see God move, I honestly believe this, is wake up and make another service. We don't, yes, we're going to continue to pray and press into God. But honestly, do you know what you need to do right now to make room for God? Show up and choose a different service. 9.30 or 11.15. And uh, make some room. 
I just want to get to the end of my life and be telling stories about what God did because we made a little room. What God did because we cut through a roof. What God did because there were four of us. And two could talk themselves out of it. Three, but when there's four, there's always someone crazy enough to go like, let's cut this thing open, right? Like, we need each other. We need you. We're on mission making room together. Anybody with me this morning? Verse number five, when Jesus saw their faith, I could preach this all day, their faith, their faith is what impacts his life. Come on, somebody. You might not even have, you might be in the room today because somebody else had faith for you. It's not even your faith that got you here today. It's somebody else's faith. You're going to experience a miracle today because of somebody else's faith. There's somebody in your life right now that is in desperate need for a miracle, and they're going to experience a miracle, not even because of their own faith, because you had faith, because of their faith. We could preach. That's not even like, it's not even in the notes. That's just like, come on, somebody, God's word. Okay. When he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes are sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus is like, okay, well, yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's me. Uh, and immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Now, notice with me that the reason these guys showed up is not the thing that Jesus did first. They, they showed up wanting him to heal this man, and Jesus looks at the guy and says, son, your sins are forgiven. Maybe that's been your story. Maybe you showed up here because you just needed life to get a little bit better, but what you found in this place was forgiveness. Maybe you showed up, I've heard this story lately, you showed up because you, you're like, I don't even believe what you believe, but we just feel like we need a little bit of community in our lives right now. But you found uh, eternal life in this place. You, you found community, yeah, that's great, but you found far more than what you showed up. I don't know what you came in expecting from God. We do believe that God heals and restores. God will make your life a little bit better, but here's the ultimate message. Here's the message of Jesus. Here's the message of the Bible. The message and vision of our church is that God loves people who are stuck in sin. And he dealt with the sin problem by sending his son, Jesus, to die on a cross to take away our sins so that we could have full life and eternal life. And some of you, you'd be here, and I know every week there's, there's people in the room, you're brand new to church, and you're like, Pastor, don't even talk about sin. And, and I know culturally speaking, it's just really not a, it's not really cool to talk about sin these days. You're like, well, why, why do you got to judge my life? Why do you got to judge the way I want to live? And I just want to say, honestly, I'm not trying to judge your life. I'm just trying to point you to Jesus. Because understand, if the God that you serve does not challenge you from time to time and say that there's some stuff in your life that needs fixing, honestly, I don't believe that you are worshiping God. You are worshiping yourself and a God that you've set up in your own mind that lives and thinks and talks like you would. God loves you. God loves sinners. God loves us. So whenever God confronts the issues in our lives, it's from this posture of love. I love this. Jesus, he forgives this man. He heals this man. But he also calls out some things in the room that need to change. Let's close this out this morning. Verse 11 and 12 are like, I just think, radical vision Sunday verses. Let's read this together. Jesus says to the man, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this before. 
Come on, somebody. How many, you believe that God is still able to move in ways that people would take a step back and say, we just never saw anything like this before. And they wouldn't be saying anything about our church. They wouldn't even leave really thinking about our church. Maybe they would leave and they would say, man, I don't know. What was that pastor's name? I don't know. What was that church even called? I don't know. I just know that I met God in that place before. We've never seen anything like this before. On this Vision Sunday, our heart is not to take a look at what God has done in this place and celebrate who we are. No, our heart on this Vision Sunday is to more than ever before glorify the work and ministry of Jesus Christ in this room and in our lives and to make room for more of Him and less of us. So God, we thank you, Lord, that your work is not done in this place. God, that you are moving by your Holy Spirit. And in these next few moments, God, as we worship together, I pray, God, that you would lift our eyes to see the next level. Shift something in the atmosphere of our faith. Come on, church, let's stand together. If you believe that God is going to do something better than we've seen in the past, let's stand together. Let's worship Jesus in this place. Go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle Is the place where you promised to be I'm not enough Unless you come
in this atmosphere of worship with your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. Because maybe you're here today and the place that you need to make room for God is, is actually in your heart. If you're being honest, you have to say your heart kind of belongs to yourself and there's just not really much room in your life for God. But today, not even because of my words or because of a worship atmosphere, but because you could, you could actually sense God pulling at your heart today. You know you need to make room in your heart for God. Here's what that looks like. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. God has always made salvation not contingent on what you do, but on your faith, what you believe and what you confess with your mouth. God wanted salvation to be a gift so that none of us could ever claim we earned it or it had anything to do with us so that he alone would get all of the worship. So if you're here today and you'd say, yeah, God's not in my heart today. But before I leave this place, I wanna make an invitation and make some room for God in my heart. Today you'd say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to surrender my life to Jesus in believing faith, believing that God will forgive me and change my life. Would you just take a moment and just shoot your hand up? We're not gonna call you to the front, center you out, embarrass you in any way. This is a private moment between you and God. I'm just asking you to raise your hand so that you know that was the day, that was the moment where I surrendered my life fully to Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so awesome. So would you pray with me? Pray this in church. Family, let's pray this together with those who've raised their hands, maybe that didn't raise their hand, but just felt God tugging at your heart. You still feel God tugging at your heart. You just, you're not sure how to respond today. Would you pray this prayer, believing faith? Come on, just say this. Just, just together, let's pray this. I'll say, dear, dear Jesus, give you my heart, my full surrender, and I make room for you in my heart. I declare you're the Lord of my heart, my life follow you. I believe you died so I could be forgiven, free, have eternal life. Help me to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Like never before, let's celebrate those who made that decision today. Oh, come on. Somebody just went from death to life.